0: Family Church, family. Good to have you in
1: service with us today. Thank you so much for being here. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of John. The book of John. Today we're going to talk about the gift of worship. The gift of worship. I hope you realize just what an amazing gift worship is, not the fact that it requires you to sing a beautiful note or play a beautiful tune, but just the fact that God has given us such an incredible gift wrapped up in this word we call worship. So We're going to look at that today. We're going to look at that gift of worship. We're going to look at what worship is about. What's a good definition of worship that we all can can go by? What does God require when it comes to worship? What does it set up for us in worship? What is worship set up for us? And the fact that there, in this passage of scripture, I'm going to read, which is all about true worship, there are eight eight benefits, eight gifts to worship, eight setups. I call them a setup. How many of you know worship is a setup? Right? You know what I mean by set up, right? Y'all ever been set up? Alright, who in here has, has been set up, right? You ever walked into a situation and you thought, okay, I've been set up. I mean, somebody has gone beforehand and you've done some stuff I haven't even seen. I didn't even know what was going on. And I've just walked into it and now I feel like I'm being set Y'all look at me like y'all are guilty. Come on. Now, I know it's dark out there, but I can see you. I can see you, I know, I got you. I got you right here, right? Well, the cool part is this. While man may want to set you up in a different way, God will set you up in a whole nother way. How many of you believe God is working behind the scenes. Doing things you haven't even figured out yet. Doing things behind the scenes. Working some stuff out. Moving some things. Getting some things going. Rolling up His sleeves. Realizing He has something in store for you. you I has not seen nor has ear heard the things He has in store for those that love him. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, he's got more. That was pitiful. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's got more. Come on, I got to wake y'all up a little bit. I know it's after Easter and y'all got everything. Woo, let's go for Easter. And then now you're like, woo, I'm after Easter. We can relax now. No, it was just getting us started. It's just getting us started. Think about the disciples. After Easter, after the shock of the cross and then the other shock of what God can do more with the cross than what they thought when He comes out of a grave and they're looking, thinking that they're going to find Jesus in where He was, when Jesus is actually further down the road than that. Jesus is already taking the next step. Jesus has taken the next step to lead them from where they were into, where he has for, into what He has for them, into a new place. Jesus, that's what the whole point is. That's why He tells Mary, don't cling to me, but let's move forward with purpose. And not only is that purpose just something that you're going to be able to do, but that purpose is something that you are going to be, especially when my purpose gets inside of you. That purpose being the Holy Spirit. I'm setting you up. God said, He's, Jesus said He's setting her up for something more. And I know a lot of times as a pastor, and we all feel like that, that Easter is kind of like an apex moment, it's a, it's a mountainous moment, it's a, it's a hilltop where we kind of get to see a bigger viewpoint of the kingdom of God, and, and after that, there's this coming down where you kind of think, okay, what, what, what now? Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? And I know maybe in your life, you might feel that way a time or two, like, when something happens and you just wonder what do I do in the midst of it if something is going on and you really don't know how to process it or better yet, you've already processed it and you had this knee-jerk reaction that caused you to have a little shaking of your faith moment. And so you might think with a step back and a deep breath, okay, I see that, but where do I go from here? Worship is where you go from here. Worship is where you go from here, and I have good news for you that in that worship, it is such a gift. It is the gift that keeps on giving. Amen? All right. John chapter 4. I'm going to read quite a bit today. I hope you're all right with that. If you're not, then just be all right with it. Be all right with it anyways. All right, John chapter 4, we're going to read verse 1, and we're going to go all the way to verse 26. That's right, that's a lot. For some of us, that's the most we've read all week. For some of us, if you've read a whole lot this week, this should be nothing, right? John chapter 4, starting verse 1, therefore, I love that word, I told you it's a setup, therefore. When the Lord knew, I might not, not make it through these 26 verses. Aren't you glad God knows? Alright, there's two of you that are glad. The rest of you are like, I think it's dark. He can't see me. Aren't you glad God knows? No, I mean, He knows that He knows. He knows that He knows in such a way that He's got you. Right where you are, right wherever you are, He's got you. As I referenced earlier, it's almost like Jesus knew the exact place to be in distance in relation to where Peter was when he started walking on the water. A few more steps back farther, he might not have got there on time. A few more steps closer, we might not have had a story to read about and Peter might not have had this illustration of faith that he would use for the rest of his life. But right in time, right in the right distance, right in the right moment. Right with the right reason. Right inside of His purpose. Right being Jesus in right standing with His Heavenly Father pulls Peter up right at the right time so that Peter can also be standing with Him. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows what you're going through. He knows all of the directions your finite mind is going to. Whenever you're facing stuff. He knows. He knows. The Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus Himself did not baptize, but His disciples did. So He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But He needed to go through Samaria. So He came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. And it was about the sixth hour, and a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. But Jesus answered her and said, If you knew the gift of God, and who it was who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and He would have given you living water. Highlight that verse. We're going to stay in that. Go back to that. I'll read on, but highlight that. Verse 11, The woman said to Him, Sir, you've got nothing to draw with. And the well is deep, almost 40 meters. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself? as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, "'Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But what water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life.' The woman said to him, "'Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst.'" And also, so I don't have to keep coming to this crazy place. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Woman, who knows how long of a time span that was before she fessed up, but finally, from a moment of silence, looks at him and says, I don't have a husband. Jesus said to her, bingo. I know that. I know that you don't have a husband, for you have had five, and the one whom you have now is not your husband at all. For in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. But Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, For the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, and we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Oh, but the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And when He comes, He will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. The gift of worship. Father, we love You. We are so grateful for You. We're so grateful for the gift that You've given us, a gift to take us to another realm of living, a gift to help us understand that there's more to it, a gift that helps us rise above, a gift that helps us be settled in Your presence, a gift that we're going to use today for Your glory, a gift of worship, a gift of coming to You in adoration, a gift of knowing and expressing our love to You and knowing that You are going to receive that, a gift. Lord, let us today unwrap the gift of worship, unwrap the gift of giving You praise, unwrap the gift of loving You. Lord, today we move past all of the distractions and we come to You. And I ask You to be gracious upon this this broken vessel and pour through him as only you can in Jesus name amen amen i have in my you know this little thing that we all basically wrap our whole life around if we're not careful i have in this little thing a, a little button and a little button is called an app they're not buttons anymore i grew up with switches and buttons and now it's just an app just something you poke something you push and it comes to life whenever you apply that when you hit that application here it comes and in that app in that application it is it, there's all kinds of things that you can go deeper into and all kinds of things you can do with that and, in that app which is called YouTube right in that app in that YouTube app I hit that YouTube app and then I can go into that YouTube app and I can go deeper into something that I have set aside and I have prepared for certain times and what I mean by that is I have a playlist I have a playlist of about 150 worship songs that I listen to at any point in time. I really feel like I need to get into worship. Or any time I, I feel like I need to get past some stuff of this world and just get away with God. And, and uh, I don't always do it. Sometimes I just... Some, okay, can, I'm going to embarrass myself. But sometimes I just sing before the Lord. And I'm so grateful He allows me to do that because um, I can't sing very well. Um, in fact, whenever the Bible says make a joyful noise, that's me. Aren't you glad God loves me that much to put me in the Bible? Right? That I am a joyful noise. Come on, somebody holler at your boy if you can't sing a lick, but you still love to make some noise. Amen. All right, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. So anyways, I have that 150 some odd playlist in there that I, I will hit sometimes and I will put my earbuds in and I will go find a, if it's possible, quiet place and... I will begin listening and worshiping and singing and doing that, kind of entering into a moment. You know, it is really important. Worship is, with music, is really important. I mean, there's a reason why God set this up from, from the very beginning. Music is something very important. Music is something that, that is, uh, allows us to rise above certain things. Music will make you feel a certain way. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Some of you are, are products of the 60s and 70s. So I know music makes you feel a certain way, right? Don't let make me. Hey, we have any BG songs, Jonathan, we can play over here just a minute? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like all kinds of music, but I know I like it whenever it makes me move a little bit, right? Music is very important, so I start listening to music, but there's something that has begun to bug me really, really sorely in a very deep level. And that is the ads. If you know what I'm talking about, God. say amen. Come on, I'm old enough to know that when I first started using YouTube, it had like one ad every about five minutes. And then it went to one ad about every two minutes. And then it went one ad per, before you even get to listen to The song or see the video, here's an ad. And now we've gotten to the point where a three minute ad has got at least two, or a three minute video has got at least two ads in there. And that's not really the part that bothers me, though. The part that bothers me is that I've gotten used to it. The part that bothers me is while I'm in my 150 moment of video worship the part that bothers me is that i can be worshiping and then all of a sudden would you like solar panels no okay where before it might kind of get me a little bit now i've just kind of okay you stop for a second let the okay hit skip when you can and then move on right and the other day i realized just how accustomed i got to hitting that skip button because i just got used to the distractions It just became like second nature having the distractions around me. And it bothers me. It bothers me to know that the church in today's world is so accustomed to distractions that most of the time when God does want to speak to you, We're putting him on hold to say, wait just a minute. I've got something more important right now that I need to deal with. And I wonder how many people in here God really has something in store for, he really wants to speak to you about, but you're just in the middle of listening to this ad, this distraction for a moment, and you're okay with that. I wonder. I wonder. Of course, I also know that I'm too cheap to do YouTube Premium to get rid of the ads. Which is a whole nother sermon. <laughs> it's a whole nother sermon to, to ask you, are you willing to pay the price of true worship? When Jesus shows up and changes the perspective of this lady who is going to go get what she thought she needed and finding what she really needed And in the process of this, she thinks today is just any other day. Today is just a normal day for her where she gets up and does her normal routine and had no idea that hours before she even got up, Jesus had been praying knowing that He has something He needs to do in Samaria. Maybe, just possibly, that he, when He is praying to His Heavenly Father, there is a cry coming from a lady who is just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Some say it is possible that the reason why she has not been married to this next person, this next man, is because she's too afraid of another broken heart. And so she doesn't know how far to get involved. And because of that, she's built these walls around herself, and in building those walls around herself, she really can't express or receive love, either one, because self-love is shallow, right? Y'all got quiet again. Turn the lights on, make sure everybody's awake. And Jesus hears from his father, you got some place you gotta go. You got something you need to do. I've got a purpose for you. Go get it. Go get it. And I wonder when it comes to worship. I wonder when it comes to us in today's world, I know we don't understand drawing from a well too often. Right? I know we don't understand much more than just going to the refrigerator and hitting a button, or putting the glass under and receiving not just water but filtered water, right? I know we don't understand the labor it probably took for her to walk some, some, some. We don't know some miles from Sychar to Shechem, from Shechem back to Sychar, where she went and lived, and then went and drew water. So we don't, we don't understand that. See, I grew up in a different era, I grew up in an era where you get to go to the faucet and turn the water on, right? I grew up in an era whenever, if you were outside and you were really thirsty, you drank from the water hose. That was back before they said it'd kill you. Go figure. Maybe that, maybe that explains some things in my, I don't know. But I don't understand that. I know my dad, it, you know, they, they probably know what it's like to go draw a little bit from a well. Right, And I think they probably walked 30 miles uphill both ways barefoot in the snow while fighting off a bear to do it. Isn't that usually how it works? Right? So they may understand. We don't understand the, the, the process of that. The cost to go get something you need. The cost of what it takes. We, we, we don't understand that. The sacrifice that it takes to get up and even when you don't feel good I mean can you imagine that you you woke up that morning and you said I don't really feel very good today I got a I got a light headache and I, I don't I got a little bit of a sneeze coming on and you know I'm a, I'm a little bit upset about what happened to me three weeks ago still and kind of get all up in my feelings and maybe I just roll over in bed and I don't feel like going and getting water today and then I realize oh wait a minute I don't get water today, I don't drink, right? If I don't get up and go get it anyways, then I'm not going to have anything to drink. And I wonder if she was at a point in her life where she thought, maybe it's not worth it. And then thirst begins to take over. And whenever thirst begins to take over, you're willing then to pay the price of going and doing what you need to do to get the water that your body is craving that you know you're going to need water for everything. I guess what I'm talking about is how important she knew this water was. So important that even though when she wouldn't go first thing in the morning, because all the ladies were, were talking about her then, but even though she wouldn't go then, she was willing to fight the heat of the day to go and get something that she needed. Something that she knew her whole life would revolve around, right? Come on, any of you ever watch some of those survivor shows? Right? Nobody say naked and afraid. I don't want to hear that. Right? But what, what do they do? What, what, are those, what are those things they have to have? What is one of the very first things they know they've got to go seek out and get? It's got to be water. That's got to be like number one on the priority list because that's what everything is made of. That's what everything lives by. It is something that is so high a priority. That you would be willing to pay a cost to go and get it. Even to move past distractions. I can't go get water today. My pinky toe feels a little bit sore. Right? I can't go get water today because when I went yesterday, there was someone else there and they talked about me a little bit. So I can't go today. I can't go get water today, so I'll just be willing to to do without. That means no cooking, no drinking, no bathing no cleaning it means none of that. I wonder, I wonder how many of us at times, when it comes to worship, are willing to settle for the fact that ah, I'm just going to be distracted today. Right? I, just today, I don't feel like it, so I just, I'm just not going to do it. Today, I'm not going to worry about worshiping because. Well, that's just, I, don't, I'm, I'm, I got something else going on today. I wonder how many times this guy up here was guilty of that. Can I give you a hint? A lot. <laughs> a lot. I don't stand before you perfect by no means. In fact, I stand before you convicted. Convicted that I've allowed so much other stuff to creep in. Convicted that I allow my feelings to get a hold of me sometimes. Convicted that, that God has this incredible gift for me. And I would look at that gift and go, yeah. Right? Not today. Not now. Not at this moment. Yeah. Let, let, let me pass on that right now. Let me pass. Maybe that's why Jesus surprised her. <laughs> right? Because if she had any idea that she was about to go and face the man that would have her cough up all of her issues, she might would have said, Nah, let me wait till tomorrow. Right? Maybe I'll, wait till, till, till maybe, maybe I'll send a spy when he's gone, then I'll go. That's why she came at 12 o'clock of the day anyways. She didn't want to deal with people. I know that feeling. I know that feeling, because people can be some distractions from time to time. But I also know that sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do when you gotta do it. However it is, you need to do it. Sometimes you just gotta do it. There are some things in your life that it is just it's it's worth getting up and fighting for, amen. I know we don't always feel like it, but there are some things. We live in a very comfortable world. We don't have to fight as much as they did then. But there are some things that's worth fighting for. Water is probably one of those things. Something to sustain us and something we can live by. Something we have multiple uses for. Something that keeps us going. That is something that we need to fight for. And I'm just asking, is worship one of those things? Is there anybody in here that would honestly tell me I need to worship. I have to worship. I have to come to a point where I've approached God and God hears me and I hear Him. I have to have that. Just as you have to have water. I believe it was the psalmist that said as the deer pants for the water brook so my soul. Yeah. Right? y'all are quiet today turn to your neighbor and say I'm still awake you don't have a neighbor prophesy that you will one day what a gift I want you to go back and look at that one more time John chapter 4 verse 10 Jesus answered and said to her if You knew. I know. I know the gift. I know. I knew it from the beginning. That's why I set out here. I knew. I knew. I knew what I was setting you up for. I knew I was setting you up for a way to rise above your circumstances. I knew I was setting you up to show you that I know how you can make it through all of this other stuff you're dealing with. I knew. I knew that I was going to come and share with you the mystery and the secret and the key to all of life. I knew it. That's why I was willing to go out of my way to talk to a people group that our people group don't always talk to. I knew it i knew what i was doing when i set out i knew what i was doing when i argued with the disciples about oh man we got to go through samaria right nobody likes going through samaria nobody likes going and talking to those weird people nobody likes going and messing with them are you serious we don't want to have to deal with them In fact, that's what she said. You don't even have any dealings with us most of the time. You don't even deal with us. No, don't look at me like there's not one person in your life you told yourself, I don't want to deal with them again. I just hope you're not married to them. Just hope that's not the case. But he says... If you only knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you. If you only knew, we are a spirit, we, we, are, we are spiritual people wrapped inside a, a vessel of flesh, and there's there's clashing all the time with that. There, there are times that my spirit man says, I want to do this, and my flesh man says, uh-uh. Right? Since I've already upset your apple cart a little bit, I'll go one step deeper. Has God ever asked you to like do something crazy? Like fast? Or read more of His Word? Or taken an hour out of your day and spend it just with Him? Has God ever like just okay maybe not maybe there's only a couple. either that or I did strike a nerve right there has been times <laughs> there have been times when I was so moved by God I was like oh God this is awesome I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast today and I'm going to pray harder today right and then I get hungry Come on. Somebody who knows that the flesh can speak loud, say amen. Then I get hungry. And and fasting sounds so good whenever I'm full. Fasting sounds really good when I'm about 30 minutes after I get up and I'm, uh, I can look at my day and go, oh, maybe I can make it today. And then an hour later, that belly starts playing punching bag with my brain. He says, uh-uh, you thought you could make it, but no, sir, you got to have me. So, so, so whatever you need to do to fill me up, you'll go and do it, won't you? Oh, I'll fight for that. I'll fight for that. I'm just wondering, just wondering if, if we really knew the gift that God has for us in worship. If we'd be willing to fight for it. I'll define worship here in a minute. In fact, we may, we may have to do this in two or three separate sections. Because I really want you to get this. You've got to understand, when Jesus comes out of the grave and He shows Himself by many infallible proofs for, for 50 days... Well, about 40 days, and then there's 10 days that they pray. So about 40 days, he's going around showing himself true to his believers and more. You realize that the Bible also says that when he came out of the grave, others came out of their grave too and began preaching for him. That would shock you, right? You're sitting at your dinner table, and all of a sudden Aunt Gertrude shows up, and you're like, she's been dead for 100 years. And she shows up to share the goodness of God. She shows up to share... What do you, what do you think they were saying... All of those who come out of the grave and all of those who come from the beyond. I'm not talking about some kind of crazy ghost show. I'm talking about a reality of someone walking out of a grave, stepping from Abraham's bosom out of the Jewish paradise into back to this world and going to their families and their friends. What do you think they were saying? What's up? No! I think they were pulling them aside and saying, you better make something Very clear here that whatever is the most important thing, you better make it the most important thing right now. And by the way, I've been there. God is real. You might want to make Him the most important thing. Because there is way more life on the other side of this than what you're even seeing right now. You might want to make the most important thing the most important thing. Oh, but I'm busy. And I'm busy. You know, I have I've heard that excuse so long that this is bad. Y'all gonna have to pray for me. But I heard it so long that I actually had someone tell me the other day that they said, man, we don't we 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 want to go to church. We don't ever go to church. We need to go to church, we, we need to get into into God's people and God's family, we need to get to going, we need all of that, but you just don't understand how busy I am. you don't understand how busy we are, and it come out before I even caught myself after the fifth time. they said, Busy, 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 busy. I looked at them, and I said, So what? I'm sorry, y'all pray for me. no seriously, y'all pray for me because it's like the older I get, the Thinner that filter is. (laughs) Thank you. There's hope. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about? You just get to the point where you're like, I can't play games anymore. Right? I can't play games anymore. This is is coming down to the nitty gritty here. And I'm looking at all of life spinning in some crazy, out of control chaos. And they're wondering, what are we going to do about this? Where's God at? I think God's there the whole time, and you're just too distracted. So I said, So what? You're busy. It was quiet. I thought I dropped the call. I thought he dropped the call. He said nothing for about 15-20 seconds. And I'm like, hello? Right? And then he come back. He said, I have never had anybody tell me that before. I wanted to say, so what again? But <laughs> I didn't. And I told him, I said, well, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? I said, has busy saved you? Has busy enslaved you? You tell me. I said, man to man, dad to dad. If you have a son or a daughter that is begging to go to church you better strike while that iron is hot or you will regret it one day. Because if they're hungry for something more, I think that God, by the Holy Spirit, is moving in your family in ways you have not discerned yet. And God's calling you to be the spiritual leader of that house. And I'm telling you, it's time to start discerning it. And it's time to start taking this, ser- this seriously, and all those stuff that's been put. You've got so much stuff on the back burner; it's getting cold. And it's time for you to do some shifting and some revolving and some moving, and let's make the main thing the main thing. So the hour has come. It's here. It's here. It's it's not like I do a diet. You know, I'm always going to start a new diet on Monday. And then by Wednesday, I'm going to start a new one. It's not like that. Because there's no rewind in life. You can't get to tomorrow and go, oh, man, I wish I did that over gift it's a gift Uh uh-oh is that a timer my time up it's a gift it's a gift worship is it what is worship worship is responding to God all that he is responding to all that he is with all that I am the most simplistic definition of worship. Oh, we, we, we as people, we've categorized it in different ways and we've even put our own spin on it and our own flavors in it and we call that denominations, right? This is the way we think it ought to be and so we brand it and call it our own when, when it, none of it is our own. It's all God's. It's, it, God says, I don't care if your style of worship is with a cowboy hat or a beanie. I don't care. All I care is is do you respond to all that I am? By all that I've done, do you respond to me with all that you are? This phrase, all that you are, is found in Jesus' words when we just kind of skip right through them because we think he's boiling it down to make it easy on us. Right? Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Do we have that, Pastor J? I'm going to say this. I'm going to wrap up. We're going to pick up with this next week. The different gifts that, that He exposes this lady to are all the gifts He wants to expose to us, give to us. So, Luke 10, 27. Now, you know you've heard this a thousand times. And I want you to hear it a thousand and one. But I want you to just hear it through a different light. Luke chapter 10, verse 27. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with a little bit of your heart and a little bit of your soul and just a little bit of strength when you feel like it and some of your mind that's not distracted and then love your neighbor as yourself. When he says to the lady, the woman at the well, he says, true worship is th- through your heart and your mind. And what he calls spirit and in truth, it's, he says, I want you to be balanced where all of you is in agreement. And all of you have come under, under agreement of, of, of recognizing who God is and responding to Him with everything you do and and i know that there's a struggle in this okay because i'm not standing up here perfect to tell you that i know how to do this perfectly but what this does do is it a helps me remember helps me to realize how jesus loved me do you think jesus is going to put this law out there and not do it He said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to what? Fulfill it. Do it into its entirety. How does Jesus love you? You want to know the answer? There it is. Is that a gift to you or not? What are you going to do with that gift? I had something happen to me not too long ago. Twice, I'm thick-headed. First time, first time I pulled up to Chick-fil-A, and it's the first time I've been there in forever, and, well, without just by myself, I like got slide that we always we like to do with the family, because that is like God's holy food. Right? But pulled up to chick-fil-a by myself, had a little time for lunch, so I slide through the drive-through. And here we go. And when I get up to the drive-through, I just got my, my number one I'm classic, like that. Right? I got my number one. Coke zero because I'm getting old. And the best thing ever is the Polynesian sauce, not for the sandwich, but for the fries. Somebody say, "Amen. And I pull up expecting to give my 10, 12 bucks, 11 bucks, whatever, and to get that in return. And when I look at them and they say, of course, they, they, they like to call you by name, right? Although they never get my name right. So they're like, so are you rusty? I'm like, yeah. If it means I get a chicken sandwich, yes, I don't care, whatever. And I said, sure. And they said, okay, here you go. Don't worry about it, it's paid for. And I was like, Wow. What a gift. I didn't, didn't even ask. I didn't even ask, like, who did it? Was it the car in front? Was it the manager? Was it, did God send an angel? And I didn't, didn't even ask. I just said, I was like, wow, that, that's, that's awesome. Great, thank you. And I drove off. And those are the best fries I've ever eaten in my life. That's right. Free stuff is good, isn't it? But about halfway through my sandwich, I got convicted. I got convicted because when's the last time I did that for somebody? When's the last time I responded to the gift with a gift? When's the last time? I made it a point to go by about three days later. I had some more time again. I I made it a point to go by and I told myself, I said, this time, I'm going to make sure whether get paid for or not whatever, I'm going to make sure I pay for the next person. So what I did is I pulled over and I waited to see one single person. Because my luck, I'd say that and it'd be like a whole church van. (laughs) I'm like, no. (laughs) No, I pulled in. I said, okay, I'm going to make it a point. And it is so crazy. This time, when I pull up to you, of course, many of you know you pull up to the lady who, like you, you, order. Then you pull up to the little umbrella lady, and she will say, "Cash or card, right?" And, and I said, "Well, it's gonna be cash." She said, "Okay, well, let me just go ahead and let you know, car in front of you paid for your meal." I'm like, "Yeah, God's been y'all don't y'all know why I sit down there, stand down there and praise like crazy? He's given me Chick Fil A free twice." But then I told the lady, I said, I got you now. First time I was, I was kind of in my, my Chick-fil-A stupor. Now, now I want to pay for them, whatever theirs is. Thankfully, it was just a number one. So we paid for theirs, and I got up, and I got my meal. And I went. That, that sandwich was much sweeter the second time than it was the first time. Because I've learned, if we have been given such a gift, and I'm wrapping up with that, if we have been given such a gift, I think it's time to respond with such a gift. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present yourselves a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. Would you stand with me? No complaints about the service today. I'm letting you out 10 minutes early. No, I just want you to I just want that to sink in. You know, a lot of times I know Pastor Steph does a beautiful job of coming up here and playing and singing to kind of get those feelings to close us out in today because i don't want it to define only that as worship i want to open us up to realizing it's responding to god with every part of me with all my heart with all my soul with all my mind with all my strength that's a fancy way of saying everything right Turn to your neighbor and say, air tang. Right? Everything. Don't hold anything back. Don't hold anything back. It's a gift. Like kids at Christmas. Right? When you, give that, when you put that big gift, I don't know too many kids that will just kind of take the tape and pull it off a little bit. Right? Oh, let's save the bow. Parents were like, save that bow as a nickel. Kids don't care. They're just going to enjoy this moment. Enjoy the wonder. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy your Lord. Enjoy the fact that Jesus did that for you. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Father, I pray over everyone in this building today that You help them to enjoy. Enjoy the gift You've given them. Enjoy the gift of worship where we can connect with You through so many ways. Enjoy the gift that says I can respond to You with all that I am and the fact that You accept that. You didn't say it had to be perfect. You just said it had to be response. Father, I pray over everyone in this building, those that maybe have lost some joy, I ask in the holy name of Jesus that it would return to them. And I stand here with all spiritual authority that you've given me, and I rebuke the enemy on the back of anyone in this room that is keeping them from enjoying worshiping you. Be gone, enemy. I pray over every one of us today that we would make the main thing, the main thing. In Jesus Christ's
0: name, I pray. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you were here today. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.